Welcome back, everybody, to D1 Rejects. I'm your host, Drew Carpenter, today. I'm here with first-time D1 Rejects on the mic, Bimba Tankaro, who also happens to be a D1R athlete. I'm also here with a fellow D1R athlete, Jimmy Martin. Oh, and you know that one guy that runs the whole thing while you guys are watching? Yeah, Kobe Manzo. He's here, too. Tune in for a good show today. We're co-hosting with College Football Network. So, let's get to it. Yeah. yeah, that's how it's fucking done. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> Take notes. Great intro. Yeah. It was good. We need good energy today. Today's going to be a good one. This is episode 107 for Division One Rejects, recording this on July 2nd. The preseason rankings, that's what this episode is all about. Collaborating with the College Football Network with Michael Wilson over there. He'll be joining us here shortly. We've got Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, top 25 from all three of those divisions. And, um, I mean, we just talked with them. That's the meat and potatoes today, fellas. That is the meat, the potatoes, the gravy, the stuffing. Uh, we got a little bit of turkey. There's a little pumpkin pie at the end. <laughs> All right, and we're going to get to that. There is a little more than that, but that is that is the bulk of today. Um, if you are watching on YouTube and you came for those rankings, remember to use the timestamps at the bottom of the screen. Fast forward. I will have all of those labeled. You can fast forward to any of those to see the rankings. And by the time you're listening to this, honestly, just go to Instagram. Division One Rejects on Instagram or Twitter at D1 underscore Rejects. We'll have all the rankings posted there on our social platforms. But, fellas, otherwise, today... J.J. Watt is joining CBS. Pretty big news for the former, I mean, going to be Hall of Famer, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's joining CBS as an NFL analyst. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some analysts that are going in the opposite direction. ESPN is laying off, it seems like, half their company, um, which is pretty ridiculous because it seems like they just did that some a little are good while moves, ago. Though. Like some, like definitely they got the company better. <laughs> makes sense. They, they, they certainly, from a fiscal point of view, like certainly makes sense. They and missed then, out on a couple of guys. Shout out. Yep. Big perk. <laughs> Love you, man. Yep. We're coming for you. <laughs> did you guys see the pizza party on Twitter that they had? Pizza party is crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but finally, we have the conference realignments as July 1st is usually the start of the new fiscal year for a lot of universities, including uh, Northern Michigan University up here. And with that comes the new negotiations of deals and rights deals. And for those not familiar, that is usually the glue that keeps these alliances and these conferences together are these deals. So when those things expire and they are able to craft new ones, that's when you usually see these conference realignments from all these big schools. So we'll talk about all the teams joining the Big 12, the Conference USA, the American Conference, all these different teams today. But as always, you can watch the episode on YouTube. Like I said, do not forget about the timestamps. Anyways, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, before we get into any of the pumpkin pie or the turkey we're going to get into the meat and pie, meat and potatoes and a pie and all of it of this episode with Michael Wilson from the College Football Network. Joining the show tonight, the man behind the glitch from the College Football Network, Michael Wilson. What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing tremendous. How are you? I am great. And before I hit record, we found out this might be the face reveal, boys. This is the face reveal officially for the College Football Network. Yes? <laughs> I mean, I mean, technically, yeah. There we uh, go. Thank you. Go. Go. We discussed it. I was waiting. You had to yeah. my seat there for a minute. I'm like, damn. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to. I'm excited to get you on here, man. We talked about this, and obviously, you've been you've been doing this for a minute, and I'm just glad that uh, our platform suits what you want to do and getting this out to reach as many people as possible because that's that's the end goal, right? But uh, I mean, talk about the background. This is one of the more impressive uh, backdrops we've had over over Zoom on the podcast here. <laughs> uh, man, so where we start, technically speaking, uh, I know when I post, like if you look at like everything that's posted on like the feed, um, the I guess the official start was 2015. Uh, gotcha. But there, there's been so many iterations, per se. So technically speaking, my first uh, reach talking about college sports or sports in general, uh, it actually predates 2013, around that time. Yeah. It was, I can't, remember, I can't remember exactly what, I think the earliest I remember posting first college football was at least a regarding a uh, the Celebration Bowl where Tariq Cohen Rush for like two hundred some yards. That's I remember that, that was, was your first like memory, like right off the top. That's pretty. <laughs> that, was, funny. that was the that was the very first post. Yeah, uh, actually, on the account uh, on the College Football Network account, it wasn't on this account. Okay. It was on something else. So the predecessor of the College Football Network was something called uh, Worldwide Sports News, and okay, 
So before before it was, you know, exclusively college football, we had um, it was mainly like hockey. Uh, there was football, there was basketball, baseball. It was pretty much everything. I got you. And probably, probably around 2016, uh, you know, obviously I felt a little burnt out. A lot of the stuff, it was like, I, I don't know what's going on with, you know, hockey in Russia or uh, stuff like that. There was just some oh, yeah. stuff where it felt uninteresting to me at times. Covering so, multiple divisions in football is me, oftentimes enough, as you know, man. It's like, it's hard to make sure you're checking in on everything. This is also true, but it's like what got me going in with football. So I've always considered myself more of a NFL type guy, just cause you know, I, I mainly for me, it was just growing up, watch the chiefs. And that was mainly it for me. But when I started, when I started going into uh, Instagram, there were a few, uh, few people it was mainly an sec group chat that started getting me uh into the rebrand uh shout out to uh tease and all cfb for starting to get up uh with me doing that but eventually started with posting a lot of power five football and then eventually i was starting to post group of five and fcs and what ended up uh, what kind of started getting me to post that lower school content was guess there was like few alabama penn state fans around those lines they'd be reaching out saying why are you posting d2 d3 and it's like uh this this isn't it but then it started you know well maybe these people do deserve uh their time in the spotlight i noticed that a lot of people don't necessarily have that platform and as as time has gone on i've more and more people are getting that opportunity to reach out uh, whether that's from uh, content that you and I produce, um, d3football.com, d2football.com. There's there's more and more uh, availability to start hearing people's names get put out there. More yeah. people are able to put up the tape, and they're also able to move on, uh, in some cases, to a higher level. I know, uh, like, for example, this past year, um, first person that really comes to my name is Jackson Taylor over at Westchester. I know he moved up to Delaware, um, solid program there. And I'm, he's one of those guys I'm really excited to see what he can do moving forward. I know there's uh, quite a few guys that have came on the show here that have made the jump. Uh, I know recently it was Connor Nair, jumped yep. from Ferris State. Ferris State Oklahoma. linebacker. Yeah. So, I mean, seeing that jump, uh, I know that in some cases, there was always a, a few episodes back. Cause I, I will be honest, I have been watching, try to keep up on – everything going on oh yeah but i remember someone sat there and said that this is turning into a juco of sorts but as much as like you kind of want to sit there and say that you, you don't want it to be the case sometimes you gotta accept it at times because that's what's getting their foot in the water i know a lot of people yeah. especially when it comes with like the drafts and all that Remember, uh, HBCU football was a big one where a lot of people were saying, why weren't, uh, what was more than one person I drafted? And uh, given the take, a lot of people look at the level of competition. It's given them that opportunity to build up their film, build up their scouting oh, yeah. for it. Yeah, and you're excited players. for those guys, right? You're excited for them getting all those opportunities. And that's why it was Coach Stud we were having that conversation with from GV. Shout out to him. That was a great convo. But um, you're 100% right. And there's, it's such a double-edged sword because you hate to see the Division II level lose the, those really talented players. But at the same time, those guys have done everything in their power to earn themselves those opportunities. So, you know, who the hell would I be to, like, come on here and spew into a microphone that, you know, screw these guys and to hell with, like, they're doing all the right things. And they're going to try and make themselves, put themselves in a better position for the rest of their life. But I wanted to ask you, when you started this account, obviously didn't have the followers and the kind of the audience that you have right now have to imagine that some of the feedback right off the bat, wasn't all positive. What was uh, kind of those first, maybe couple weeks, couple months, even that first year kind of navigating this, this landscape. Like, so a lot of it really was, uh, like I said, it was a lot of people really trying to like down uh, the level, you know, obviously, when you talk when you talk about like some of like the main pages you see going on, it, you can have so many people beat report talking about Alabama and uh, stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of hard to find that, that exact audience. Yep. But with that, 
what you're really doing is like, like okay, I'm not necessarily saying we're getting rid of Power Five and uh, Group Five content, but we're also sprinkling in. That's kind of how it had to start off at first. You kind of had to sprinkle in a few D2, D3 guys here and there, give them that opportunity. Um, I think eventually what ended up coming after the first or second, it was either the first or second year I started doing it. Uh, started doing all Americans and position rankings. Yeah. And um, started seeing guy, started seeing uh, schools such as like Lenore Rhine, uh, North Greenville, uh, Susquehanna, uh, Grand Valley State, Ferris State, uh, teams along those nature start to uh, build up and start reaching out. Um, and then it starts building up more. So like recently hearing um, like shorter football recently invited me to uh, scout one of their camps, uh, shout out coach Zach Morrison for that experience. Oh yeah, That's big time. Um, but getting that opportunity to uh, not only, you know, reach out and try to build that brand. Cause like I said, there's not too many platforms at that time. Yeah. Um, it's still somewhat slim. Uh, today but if you can sit here and you can say hey i got you know twenty thousand on instagram or 15 on twitter it's like okay that's still someone that is taking that time that can look at this and go okay this guy might be worth scouting um and i i try to do that especially with the uh like the position rankings i try not to make that like oh hey yeah this guy is guaranteed he's the best of the best that's not saying that number whoever I put like 20 is not better than whoever's at eight or something like that. They, yeah. There's a lot of uh, like little factors I look at with stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, try to look at stuff like obviously strength, schedule, wins above replacement, stats, accolades. Those are factors I look at, try to give it some sort of meaning, not just putting names to like random names and go like, Hey, here's X, Y, uh, Z. That's who you need to focus on. Yeah. And now, at the end of the day, I, like, there's thought behind it. That, and that's like the that's like the overarching point, right? It's not just like throwing names down on a graphic or on a sheet of paper and hitting the randomizer button and okay, here we go. Like there is some meticulous thought and there is some method to the madness of going on. And I think, you know, again, on the, the topic of feedback too, I have to imagine when you put out these rankings and there's the top twenty or top twenty five at either this position or these teams, and when we get to these preseason rankings here in just a second, like Man, I, I'd love to see, like, some of the reactions from these people because I'm sure everyone is just coming for your head, like, right away. Like, what the hell is this dude thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you get that at times. I know yeah. almost every time I post a uh, – I mean, not so much the uh, rankings throughout the season, but more so the position rankings. I always get where's so-and-so or uh, why is this person not here. Uh, part of it is, it's like, yeah, there's – when I write these down, I probably get about maybe 50, 75 names, and I got to reduce that to 20. Uh, but it also comes to the point where um, this is really just one person working this through. So yep. when I'm trying to get all this stuff together, it's probably about February, March. I don't know at that point who's in the portal or who's getting an extra year of eligibility. Some of those, I'm not going to lie, it ends up being hit or miss. Uh, I know there's times where like the guy has already moved on. He's like, oh, dang. Well, and then other times it's, well, this person received a fifth or sixth year of eligibility. And it's yeah. like, well. It all changes too. It changes that. so fast, doesn't it? Ready to hop into some rankings here? Let's get it. Let's do it. All right. We're going to start with uh, Division Two, And, I mean, I'll go just through quickly and you can talk me through kind of your process here. Fair State, Grand Valley, Colorado Mines, Pittsburgh State, and Angelo State rounding out that that top five. And then as you go down the list, I do think we have some pretty good parity as far as some different conferences are concerned. But um, just talk me through it, man. Division Two, what did you see? And uh, what were these picks all about? Oh, I think we might have lost them. So there we go. Look, oh, you're, you're there. On. You're back. And my, my Wi-Fi is a potato, so you're sorry right, about that. Right. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, I, I think looking at it, I felt like the top three, I feel like in a way those were locks for me. I know I'm, I'm going to try not to speak too much on them, uh, but Ferris State, I think obviously you come as the national champions. I think you got to have that mindset that 
hey, this is going to be the team to beat. This is the top team to look at. Um, one thing I've looked at is uh, since 2018 uh, and lost three games since then, one of them being a regular season game, that being against Grand Valley State last year. Uh, and the other two were against the eventual national champions in both West Florida and Valdosta State. Um, so obviously they've been having that momentum. They've got something right. I know that guys like uh, Mark Mur or Caleb Murphy's gone. Um, and that means guys like Ian Hall needs to step up. I obviously, when I say needs to, we know he's got the he's, he's got the skills. He's got the numbers. Uh, I think that's up there. Uh, one one thing that I noted uh, looking through the transfer portal, and this really uh, kind of sold me on this. Uh, D two one of the D two uh, leaders uh, in interceptions, uh, Sean Stevens from West Liberty, uh, transferred to Fair State during this time. So they do have that added help in the secondary. Uh, filling where those holes are needed. On top of that, their defense was the second most in sacks last year with 66. Obviously, most of that was coming from Caleb Murphy. Um, they had the best third down coverage with 23.1% and the fourth best uh, rush defense. So obviously, this is a team that runs on defense. Uh, Carson Golker and Malik Mitchell are also uh, two very strong uh, quarterback options, uh, providing that one-two punch. Um, obviously, uh, Golker, I believe, he had over 20 touchdowns last year on the ground. NCAA so record, man. That season was ridiculous. Exactly. Um, so I think, in my opinion, though, Fair State is there, – there's no doubt that they're that one team. But coming in close second was Grand Valley State. I know when you bring guys like Cade Peterson and Abe Swanson, uh, both of those anchor oh, – yeah, man, Abe. Yeah, they anchor both that uh, offense and defense, respectively. And as I said, they were the only team that beat uh, Fair State in the regular season since 2017. Um, I think the one thing I did keep in mind was Max Mitchell is gone from the coaching helm. Uh, but Scott Wooster, their offensive line tight end coach, is taking over the helm, had a very effective uh, O-line group. Uh, guys like Quentin Barrow over there last year, we saw him get drafted. He got drafted three times. Uh, he did. He we covered it every single time, too. And we're like, where is this dude ending up? <laughs> I was going to say, it's like uh, everybody wants him. I know uh, that's a stud right there. But yeah, another, another thing with Grand Valley State, and if you look at this top five, they take on the number one and number three team listed here. Yep. Uh, so that's – Obviously, I try not to look ahead when coming up with these, but those are going to be must-win games. And if they win those, I can very well consider them. Obviously, obviously by that point, they'd probably be number one. Oh, assuming for sure. There's no blemishes. Uh, but this, again, this was also a team that was fifth in rush defense with 69.9 yards per game allowed. Um, moving on to number three, uh, Colorado Mines. Um, John Matoka's back, the Harlan Hill winner, along mm -hmm. with uh, Max McLeod at receiver. Uh, this is another team that had a uh, coaching change. Brandon Moore moved on to uh, San Diego, but their offensive coordinator, uh, Pete Sturbeck, uh, took over the helm. Uh, he was named the uh, Division II coordinator of the year last year. Um, this was a team that also was number one in terms of red zone offense, uh, scoring 97% of the time and forced the most turnovers in 2022 with 33. So this is a balanced attack. I know there's a couple key pieces missing, uh, but I really see them, they could make a run. Obviously they got the pieces there, but with most of these teams where they're missing someone, it's always next man up. Uh, Pittsburgh State, uh, obviously moving them at, having them at four, they bring in uh, tight end Devon Garrison, Offensive line, Tracy Jeffries, along quarterback Chad Dobson. Uh, I think that's a strong offensive core. Uh, Coach Brian Wright uh, last season led them to their first undefeated regular season since 2004. So there is great leadership there. Yep. And I have noted here um, that their game against Northwestern Missouri on the 21st of October is going to be the one that determines the MIAA. I'm confident in saying that. Totally. 
Without totally. I think that's that's a big one. You look at some of that conference play. One of the things that stuck out to me from these rankings when you're talking about the conferences, the South Atlantic Conference, and more specifically the Mountain Division inside of that. I mean, Lenore Ryan, Newberry, Wingate, Limestone, all of them in here, and I think all of them deservedly so because you look at what they did last year and you think, you know, if it weren't for these teams beating up on one another – then they maybe even take steps and are even higher up in this ranking, you know, because that's what you have when you have conference play. But that was something that um, I just noticed right off the bat, definitely not even surprised by because those teams have all been. We saw the run that Wingate made last year as a lower seed in that playoff bracket. Right. And, I mean, if you look kind of like what was going on during that D2 playoff, uh, Newberry won the SAC, but because it wasn't an auto bid, uh, they didn't get in. Uh, but we saw Limestone – and Wingate go in, uh, Wingate making that eventual run to the quarterfinals where they lost to West Florida. Uh, obviously, that's that's a very strong defensive team, I believe. Looking at this, yeah, I got them at 24th right now. I know there's, uh, when I look at these rankings, obviously a lot of teams could move up or down quite a bit. Um, cause I feel, I feel like this, and this is the same thing I get with talking like the position rankings. Uh, you yeah. see a team sitting here at 24, but in reality, they have the potential to be top 10. I don't totally. think there's a big gap in between. I think if I'm talking a gap, I feel like it's going to be the top three and then it slowly moves. Like this team's right here. This team's right here. And they're right on top of each other. I hear that. Uh, and things change too. That's the thing. Like between even now and the start of the season, this in week one, like things will change a ton. And a lot of these pieces on these teams will, will certainly move. We'll figure that out. But Drew, you had something. Yeah, Michael. Um, so obviously we're not looking at just, you know, 25 teams in the nation here. We're looking at a bunch of other guys, you know, between us and D1 rejects. Were there a team like you were like, oh man, I really feel like they're not listed in the top 25 now. First but, one out. But, man, I'm feeling good about them this year. There there were a couple. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying desperately. I thought I had them written down, too. So I, I'm regretting not putting them. That's, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I think the only one I did write stuff that for, um, and, uh, I wrote some for D3. I don't know if. I want to kind of discuss that yet. Almost like know. an honorable mention type. Deal. Yeah, honorable mention, yeah. other receiving votes. Yeah, you know what I mean how like yeah. So no one does it. so okay. So I'll I'll throw because D three I did write some because there were so many that right on top. You know, kind of spoilers a little bit. Uh, but like when we get into that ranking, it was like there were teams like uh, UMass Dartmouth, uh, Washington Jefferson, Endicott Salisbury, uh, where I thought okay, these are teams that. Um, at one point or another, were within the top 20, top 15 at the end of the year last year. But I felt like there were so many changes that happened uh, throughout where that ended up leading, hey, this team might make a jump or this team made a playoff run or this team got a flashy transfer. transfer, yes. Or, you know, uh, they bring in a lot of production. Um, I think in the likes of teams like um, – UMass Dartmouth, I think they that's a team where they were outside of my rankings, but they bring in a lot of uh, talent coming back where it makes it feel like they might make that jump if someone, you know, were to lose week one um, heading forward. Um, yeah, totally. A couple other things I noticed off the top here. West Florida at 11. I was like, man. Definitely, like you said, the gap's certainly not very large. Um, the Argonauts have added a ton of huge pieces, and they have a ton of returners. I mean, you talked to Pee Wee just a little while back here, the quarterback uh, down there. I think they're poised to have a huge year, especially coming off their recent success. Um, and then no other GLIAC representation. I was a little bit surprised by that. Obviously, Ferris and Grand Valley, the top dogs, but uh, Davenport or uh, Saginaw potentially sneaking in, I was kind of expecting. I was going to say, now now that I'm looking back at it, I think those were among the few that I did have right on the outside. Yep. Uh, obviously, yeah, I think a team like uh, Davenport or Saginaw, uh, you can make a case for them uh, in this ranking uh, regardless. I think, like, especially if you look at, like, the case of yeah, schedule and all that, um, easily make that jump. And especially – you look at you look at some of the games they do have. Um, and as I said, I'm going to try I'm going to try doing something here in the month of July, trying to highlight some games that I think 
are going to be the most important or, um, you know, games to watch. I don't, I don't try to put one above the other at times. But if you look specifically at Seminole Valley, um, I know I put a few of their games on there, uh, especially that Grand Valley State game. I have one circled. Um, I think especially if they can get their schedule going and start with low play a factor. Um, and if they can just stay clean, they're going to end up jumping. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's good production returning on all sides. Davenport has a great coaching staff, has made some making that jump. Uh, obviously, they were predicting to be last in the conference. And, and yeah, and they made that, that like you said, you call it that uh, jump. We talked to Preston Smith all about that. We had him on the show. I mean, that's certainly a, a big-time move for them. But otherwise, I mean, I definitely feel feel pretty strongly. I took a look at this when you sent it over, and I felt pretty good about it. We can uh, we can move on to Division Three though, if you're, that sounds good with you. Division three, let's talk about it. North Central, Mount Union, UMHB, Mary Harden Baylor. You got Wartburg, Lacrosse. For me, right off the bat, those top three seemed like a lock. Yeah, I was gonna say same, same, same situation as D two. I feel like, yeah, you got those three where um, obviously I feel like you can interchange a couple of them here and there, uh, and I wouldn't complain. Obviously, North Central being the national champions. Uh, having one of the best defenses out there, also bringing back guys like Luke Lennon and uh, D'Angelo Hardy. Uh, and our guy, Gerard Thornton, at center. Shout out. Right, right. Number one center on oh, our yeah. list. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of talent there. But then also you look at a team like Mountain Union, um, just as a lethal uh, quarterback receiver duo in uh, Braxton Plunk, and Wayne Ruby, um, which I, I saw him finally get recognition from Jim Nagy over at the Senior Bowl, uh, yep. talking about small school guys. Uh, but watching that team, that's one that is always a threat. That's when you want to talk about dynasties, that's the one you want to talk about. Yes, that's they it. haven't won, haven't won a championship here. And then just, you know, not this past year, obviously, but this is a team that is always a threat. Uh, I think when you also look uh, moving forward, Further down this list, um, there are teams that could easily make that jump. I mean, we talk about, yeah, UW lacrosse is one that I can see. Uh, Whitewater, um, especially they can beat uh, Mary Harden, Baylor, and lacrosse. I can see them making that jump. Totally. Uh, Trinity, uh, Texas, uh, they had one of the best defenses uh, this past season. Bring back uh, Tucker Horn is back uh, at quarterback. Uh, very solid team. They're making that jump to the SAA. Uh, and then if you like, if you even look further down, um, there are teams down here that, yeah, they might be out of the bubble. I don't consider them maybe being that number one team, but can definitely see them jumping uh, top five by yep. year's end. Teams like Linfield, who I believe, I want to say it's like 40-some seasons. It's here, 40 or 60 straight years of a winning season. I would say no strangers to pretty deep playoff runs there from Linfield. I know I was talking with a future D1R athlete that has yet to be announced from Delaware Valley, and they're on five straight conference championships and just need to kind of put it together and break past those first couple rounds of the playoffs. There's a lot of teams that are kind of in that same boat, man, just taking, like you said, taking that step. Right, right. Uh, I was going to say, funny you mentioned DBU. Uh, obviously, uh, unless I'm missing something, they're mi both the Nobile brothers are gone. So it is one of those situations where next man needs to step up Yep. Uh, in that situation. And that is the trend going on here. Uh, I know a lot of people look at the MAC conference over there and see it's not as strong uh, compared to other conferences. But at the same time, you also got to respect that that is – among one of the top defenses. I believe they were seventh ranked this past season. Yeah. Uh, and then also, um, and I'll kind of take a little, I, I want to, where I really want to look at this, if you look at about 22 to about 24, uh, where you got John Hopkins, uh, Susquehanna, uh, Huntington, and John Carroll on that region, uh, those are teams that, yeah, they might be bottom of the barrel. And this was all, when I say that, I'm talking bottom of the barrel in terms of this list. I'm not saying anything like these are totally, yeah, not bad by any means necessary. 
But these are teams that I feel like they're one step away from doing something. I know with Susquehanna, uh, Coach Tom Perkovic, uh, he's done a tremendous job uh, rebuilding that team. I know uh, since he came in uh, 2015, they posted a 51-19 record and won 15 straight uh, from 2019 to 2021. Uh, a couple guys are gone, but I know uh, Nick Gonzalez and Mark Custer are really going to be the ones that need to anchor that offensive line and provide that leadership. But then you also look at guys like in Huntington, they're bringing back uh, Miller Park and Casey Peppers on the defense and then Kahari McReynolds to rush for about 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns. Yeah, they got, I believe they lost 54-0 to UMHB in the first round. And I know that's nothing that a lot of people want to hear but I feel like they got that experience. Sometimes the best thing you can do is take a loss like that and use it to kind of build up for the upcoming season. Uh, try not too hard to look at how the season ended, but I try to see how the progression goes and knowing that, hey, this is a this is an obvious tw top 25 team for me. I don't see them for sure being top 15, but I yeah. know that they can fit in that range. Um. And then I also just wanted to note here um, with John Hopkins, I specifically wrote down uh, Luke Sherman. Uh, this man had 70 tackles, 26 and a half tackles for loss and 14 sacks this past season. I feel oh, yeah. like that's uh, insane. Definitely, definitely a candidate for a defensive player of the year. I yeah. uh, just, just wanted to highlight that. Throw on the watch list, man. I love it. Yeah, but I mean, otherwise, lacrosse for me at five definitely uh, could be a controversial one, but I think, like you said, they're poised to have a big year, and when you're in that conference, I mean, everything is ahead of you. Because of the competition that you play week in, week out, um, that's that's just something that if you play those, you play them and win the right, the right games, then the rest of the standings and the playoff points and everything else are just going to work out, uh, you know, kind of in front of you. Right, and, and then, like I said, like, this is preseason. I don't want to try and sit here and say that this is what's going to define someone. Yep, of course. Uh, it's the end of the year that matters. Uh, totally. Every game counts. You can't take anything lightly. So, Hell yeah. Well, on that note, we'll swap over and uh, finish thing up on some NAIA talk. Northwestern, Morningside, Grandview, Lindsey Wilson, and Kaiser rounding out that top five with uh, Bethel out of Tennessee in that sixth spot, a team – I was pretty excited about because of the run they made last year before they ultimately ran into the chainsaw that actually was Kaiser in the playoffs. Um, but not to get ahead of myself, talk about, you know, those teams and, and just these, these rankings as a whole. Right, right, right. And for the most part, a lot of this is still um, next man up for some of these teams. Obviously, Northwestern making their run into the uh, playoff. I, I feel like you look at that top four, uh, you can change it anyway. And it's one of those where I wouldn't – argue with you too much each one yep. of those teams deserves an argument kaiser making that deep run into the playoff uh, last year i felt like that was more of a cinderella run okay uh, i feel like they definitely have that they have that momentum going on here uh bethel great team overall i know guys like jd dixon and company uh lead a very solid offense yeah um i believe la last year i didn't even have them considered for my top 25 preseason okay game. The fact is, now that we have them at six, that tells you uh, the amount of um, how much they've been building the program down there in Tennessee. Um, and then we we move on forward. Teams like Indiana Wesleyan, uh, Reinhardt, Benedictine, uh, Marion. Uh, these are teams that I don't I don't see them necessarily hitting that top four, just because of you know really we don't see much since I've been doing the NAIA rankings, right, there hasn't been much change within that top four just because of how – that just tells you how consistent they've been. Yeah, I see um, that. But there's always that movement moving in but around this 10 to about 15 area. Um, and, and when we look at this, it's like, okay, so, for example, I look at teams like uh, – like I'm very high on teams like St. Thomas and College of Idaho. Uh, I know College of Idaho recently had uh, – their, their All-American Center, uh, Remington Trophy Award winner, transferred over to Weber State. Okay. So I feel like that is lots of leadership going on here. But you also got to keep in mind that, hey, each of these teams all have a piece that can sit here and go, whether that's 
uh, Bluefield with Nathan Hurstig or a team like Texas Wesleyan with Ernest Caesar. There's going to be those All-American guys that really need to step up, but the team itself needs to build itself around them to ensure that they can make these deep runs. Uh, I feel like, yeah, like I said, those top four, they're locks. They're locks anyway. Yeah. Five, five, five for seven, you can switch them. Um, and then anywhere moving on forward, I feel like you can make interchangeable for any other ones, um, especially throughout the year. But I feel like coming into the season, most of this reflected primarily on how the season ended last year. Um, yeah, because that's, that's what you can go off of, right? And I think you did a good yeah. job of highlighting, like, shit isn't set in stone. Like, it's just a kind of an outline. And, like, from what you see it and the way you evaluate things, this is – given what we know, how teams stack up right now. And like I said, there are so many things that we can't see as outsiders and not being in the building every single day. And I think that's important to know too, but you've done a good job of saying that. Like, this is not the end-all be-all, but this is just an educated, kind of educated guess. This is a hypothesis, man. It's preseason. Right, right. Yeah, you you can't really uh, guess something based on like, because when we start the season, everyone starts off at zero. Clean slate. Oh, yeah, they do. You can't really just sit here and just, you know, assume and just say, hey, that's it. Um, eventually, there are going to be people that will sit here and they'll look at this list. And they're like, man, what the hell? <laughs> but and end of the day, end of the day, you got to you got to want it more. Uh, whether someone sees this list and goes, well, hey, I'm not I'm, my, my team ain't on here. We got to build up and it's like okay cool cool you see a position ranking all american you're not listed here it's like okay use that as motivation and there have been people that have done that yep uh, and hey i think the best example with stuff like that was like dallas flowers when he transferred from grandview to pittsburgh state uh i saw him kind of like that ty- how scouts saw tyreek hill saw him as just a return specialist not so much a corner and that man went off so i mean i love i love being proved wrong here oh yeah uh i know a lot of people here want to prove me wrong, and I know this, uh, this is uh, what they want to do. And I, I try to, like I said, this isn't set in stone. Uh, this is going to change throughout the weeks. This is just the baseline. Uh, yeah. And who? Hell yeah, man. Well, we appreciate you, Michael. We appreciate you, first of all, just putting the time in to, like, just get all this together. Like, that's obviously a lot of legwork. I don't think people understand, like, we were talking about earlier, just – having at least a glance and like looking at all this and taking in all this information and being able to work with that and put it out into a way that starts to just put the framework up of trying to put these rankings together and get a sense of where people are. And at the end of the day, players, teams, coaches can take this or they can leave it. It doesn't matter, right? It's all about just the enjoyment of covering these levels and just giving these guys, you know, the spotlight and the same attention and love that everybody else gets. Right. So hats off to you, brother. We appreciate you doing this seriously. I appreciate it. Yeah. Excited to see uh, definitely what comes from you next. And, you know, whenever we can we can be a part of that, you know how to reach me, man. But um, I'm trying to think what else I had for you. I mean, that was about it. I'm just excited to, to kind of get that get that off. And uh, we'll get this released tomorrow, obviously, when you do uh, put out those rankings. And, you know, just we always talk about like this, Jimmy, right? The stock is always going up and for us and for you. So I know this will be, this will be a big season uh, for you and, and the account and everything like that. So whatever we can do to help you, let us know, man. Hey man, that means a lot. Uh, yeah. So uh, I do want to kind of say this. I know around probably right before COVID uh, when the original page got sniped down, uh, I kind of just stepped away for almost a year, uh, battled a, a lot of depression and stuff like like that. So when I did finally get like the handle back and all that, and was able to see that support from a lot of the small school guys, stuff like that means a lot. So getting that opportunity, um, you know, coming back from my uh, nine to five job, uh, working, uh, coming up from school, uh, working on my MPH, uh, sitting back and taking an opportunity to help someone else, you know, reach that next step. It always means a lot, especially when, they always reach out to me and always ask for uh, some sort of advice or help. Uh, stuff like that means the world. And the fact that I'm able to have a support staff, uh, yep. ranging from guys and a bunch of others, uh, just means the world to me. Yeah, that's special, dude. That's special. That's really cool stuff, too, like hearing from those people. Um, you know, and we're glad you're back. We're glad you're back doing it, too. So add us, add us to that list. But, uh, Michael, we appreciate you, man. We're glad to do this. We're excited for it to uh, – 
to launch tomorrow to see all the responses and the feedback. And, uh, well, like I said, we'll definitely be in touch, my man. We appreciate Michael coming on the podcast and uh, being open to doing that. Super pumped about the partnership we have uh, with him and that network and just getting some more stuff out there, getting more coverage. That's what it's all about. We talked a little bit about how they're just there's underrepresentation, but I think it's also very important to note that there's very good representation out there. Sites like D3Football.com, D2Football.com. We've got we followed sites uh, in the huddle, the D3Football episodic podcast, D3 Direct on Twitter, and these other accounts that I've been in contact with. Just to shout out a few of them, right? There are so many uh, smaller outlets that do a good job of covering. They just don't have the eyes on them. I think I'd put us right in that same boat. They don't have the eyes on them yet. So that's our job, to get more eyes on them. Now, a couple teams getting more eyes on them are the teams joining new conferences. I think the biggest mm-hmm. highlighting that, we say BYU is probably the biggest of these teams making the jump. Previously, an FBS independent, the Cougars are joining the Big 12. They haven't been in a conference since 2010. Now, obviously, no stranger to Power 5 competition during that stretch of independence, um, but you would assume that doesn't mean it should be a pretty short acclimation period to joining the Big 12. Yeah, the depleting Big 12 conference. That is a very good point on yeah. depleting. Yeah, emphasis on depleting. Sad, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, you play, like, you know, NCAA and all that stuff back in the day. and Like, we grew up Oklahoma – Big 12. They're not in the Big 12 anymore. Texas, gone. Exactly. So. Uh, and you just like, now you got teams like, no offense, like UCF. Like, we all like them as like, oh man, like, small school UCF. Now it's like, Underdog power story. five, yeah. UCF. And you're like, whoa. Now, I will <laughs> say, the Oklahoma and Texas move, that's not official until next year, I believe. Correct. Yeah, 2024. But, they, but they're it's moving it, out. Yeah. They're gone. All of this not is happening yet. because yeah. of them. Exactly. So that, and I think that's something that I want to touch on too, is like, the pecking order of all this, right? Because when you have the top dogs make those moves, I think it's very similar to recruiting in the way that Texas and Oklahoma, they're leaving for the SEC. So then the Big 12 needs two people. Well, where do they pick from? Conference USA, where do they, the AAC, where do they, because you talk about another mm-hmm. one uh, joining right here, the Houston Cougars coming from the American Conference joining the Big 12. There's four okay. teams joining the Big 12. Correct? The American, yeah, and then Cincinnati is one as well. Um, and then I'm blanking. UCF. Cincinnati, yes. Houston, UCF, BYU. UCF, BYU. There you go. So then all these teams are coming from conferences where they need to fill holes. And so you have this trickle-down effect. I say it happens with recruiting, too, because then you get a guy who, you know, moves up a level. Then all these levels have to yeah. respond accordingly. Very interesting dynamic. But but then it also goes Pac-12 depleting. You have a UCLA. You have a USC. It sounds like the Pac-12 might be done. We're going done. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Then they're like, oh, we're going to go to the Big Ten. At the end of the day, it's sad to see college football turn this way to where it's like it could be three big conferences instead of five, right? Because the American would slip in every once in a while and even make it like a sixth conference. Like Cincinnati was in the playoff, okay? Yes. There was a team uh, not in the playoff from the Pac-12 that year, and there was a team not – I don't even think the Big 12 or the ACC made it that year. I think it was, what, Alabama, uh, Cincinnati, Michigan, and Georgia. So only three three conferences made it. Two power fives. Mm-hmm. So it's showing you that, like, it college football is really changing. And at the end of the day, it's just, like, it's sad to see. But then again, I mean, imagine U- USC versus Michigan or USC versus Ohio State in the middle of October. I think yep. that's the cool part is that you're going to be able to see new matchups that you never see. Yeah. Like, I grew up an Ohio State fan. I've never seen them play USC, but that'd be fun to watch. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, in the regular season. Yeah, with them and UCLA joining yeah. the Big Ten. It'll be – and it also actually will revitalize some new rivalries. I think it's just kind yeah. of uh, interesting, too, is that this isn't the first time the conferences have changed ever in the history of college football. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get some matchups that potentially have not been around for quite some time. Uh, we can go down the list even a little bit further. The Charlotte 49ers, they're moving from Conference USA to the American Conference. And uh, – that is a program that came was, I guess, reborn in a sense in 2013. Yeah. Um, and looking here, they were promoted from FCS in 2015, and they've only been in Conference USA since that time. So this is a pretty big That's jump big for jump. them. Yeah. yeah, we talked about Cincinnati, uh, FAU, another team from the Conference USA to the American Conference. That's the uh, the third conference for the Owls. They're in the Sun Belts, and then uh, most recently in Conference USA. And it will be. Uh, very interesting. Tom Herman was their new hire, uh, the really? ex-Texas Longhorns coach. Uh, they hired him last year. So will be very interesting to see that move, man. But it's just like all over, like pieces, puzzle pieces just moving all over. Yeah. And then it's kind of what you're saying, like puzzle pieces moving all over. Like Especially for the Big Ten, the NCAA is throwing geography out the window because you got teams oh like USC and UCLA, and then you have Rutgers. That is like, like that's actually Maryland. ridiculous. Like, these guys are going to have – 
what five hour flights? I believe I saw ocean to ocean. It's absurd. UCLA like, will break the record for most miles traveled oh, the first year. They I think they play. Do they play Hawaii too? By the way, I, yes. I think oh, they play they, Hawaii. They play Hawaii that year because why well. not? Jeez, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and it's like I, I I agree. Like it was always like the Atlantic Coast, Big mm-hmm. Ten's Midwest football, yep. right? Yep. SEC South. You know, Big 12 is kind of like that middle, like Kansas, all yeah. that stuff. There was, was some reason, right? Was like, yeah, some. it made sense. And, the Ameri- and then the American was kind of like, okay, we're a little all over the place. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, okay. we're cool, right? Like, we're fun. And now it's just like, now we're all just all over the place. <laughs> yeah, we just threw that shit out the window. And now, uh, looking down the list a little bit further, we talked a little bit about Houston moving from the American Conference to the Big 12 as uh, those four teams. Now moving on to some maybe a little bit less lesser-known names. And we keep going down this trickle, right? So we just talked about from... So and so, the American to the Big Twelve. Then we talk Conference USA to the American. And now what are we doing? We're talking about the teams filling in Conference USA. That being the Jacksonville State Gamecocks coming in from the A Sun. And then the Liberty Flames, another independent finding a conference. They'll be joining Conference USA as well. They were independent from the program's inception in 1973 which is pretty crazy, until joining the Big South in 2002. Uh, they returned to independence upon transitioning to FBS in 2018. And, uh, you know, it's, it should be very interesting. Now, Hugh Freeze is no longer there, correct? Auburn. He is at Auburn. So that's, you know, kind of a big loss. But either way, it will be definitely interesting to see them make that adjustment. Jacksonville State, not a team, honestly, that I am super familiar with. I remember yeah. they beat Florida State at Florida State like three years ago. Did they really? It was a huge upset. Yeah, it was a oh, bit, wow. yeah I remember that. Yeah. That was like when it was like, man, Florida State's down bad. <laughs> like real bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was like, whoa. Like, it was, it was like a like crazy play at the end of the game, too. Yeah. It, it, it might have yeah. been a Hail Mary. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't remember that. I don't I'd have to go look that. at that. But looking here, or something? Yeah, I don't know. they spent 14 years in the Ohio Valley Conference as an FCS team from 2003 to 2017. That's good football, too. It is, but Nowhere near like a power oh, five. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. no, they're not moving to power five. They're moving to conference USA. Yeah. But still, uh, they called the ace on home for only the past two seasons. So only a two-year deal is kind of actually very interesting when it comes to those conference yeah. and brand licensing type deals. I think the biggest reason for people in the FCS to like move would have to be like, look at the recent success of a Coastal Carolina yep. and an App State yep, and a James Madison. They Shout just out came to out. Sunbelt. Right? Like, they're coming in and they're beating teams that have been in the FBS level for a long time, like right? Why, why not us? Exactly. So you got guys like that, and eventually, like those schools will will get bigger, and it makes you think. You know, we go to BYU, independent in a conference now. Uh, Liberty, independent in a conference now. Uh, Navy for a while was independent. Now they're in the American. They've been in there for a while. Also, New Mexico State Aggies, a former independent joining conference. Okay. USA. Okay. When does Notre Dame join a conference? That is going to be the big question. I've always thought it has to be. And that's a good point. I was actually going to think about that too. Notre Dame has this crazy TV deal with NBC. Yeah, I think that's the biggest reason. And that would kind of get infiltrated and maybe it could be a threat to the financial security at Notre Dame potentially, you know. But, I mean, a huge TV deal with NBC, you know, that's that's big money. So, yeah. But, again, at the same time, they could also. You would think it'd almost be more incentive to be a part of a large conference with a deal like that. Yeah, but maybe they'd lose the TV deal. I I don't know. I don't see why they would necessarily, but then they'd be on, like, Big Ten Network a lot too and things like that. I think if if UCLA and USC, like, that move goes Mm -hmm. really well, and I think you got, like, a Washington, you got Oregon, and a couple other schools from the Pac-12, I think Notre Dame's that next, like, yeah, yeah, you know what? We'll join the Big Ten. And they won't, they won't. They can't call it the Big Ten anymore. It'd be like the Big Forty, but like you know, what I <laughs> mean, it's really, like how have they, they kept the name? Yeah, how have they kept the name? You're adding all these teams. Yeah, there's, there's fourteen teams. Yeah. Fourteen teams right now. It makes no sense. And they've had the Big Ten since like 2011, and there were 12 teams then. Yeah, I mean, that 12, is though. It's not. You know, it's cool. It's a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> Big Fourteen, one of the same ring. <laughs> yeah, you know, that sounds like a weight one. loss program. So it'll be 16 now, right? Lost the Big Fourteen. Big Sixteen. I mean, that's that's not really like a ring to it. It's kind of like freshman 15 type of (laughs) So my dad said, back when, you know, we stopped watching, or we weren't watching football, it used to be the Pac-10. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So, like, I guess, like. The Big Ten was the Pac-10? No, it was the Pac-10 instead of 12. Then it became the Pac-12. Because I think, like, Colorado joined in Utah, right, with, like, the last two. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, okay, Pac-12 sounds cool. But once you get above 12, it's like. That just doesn't sound as good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the two syllable words. That's where you lose it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Um, some other notable departures here. We talked, I just mentioned the New Mexico State Aggies moving from independent to Conference USA. We have the North Texas Mean Green and the Rice Owls, both moving from Conference USA to the American Conference. Mm. A lot of shuffling between these guys, just between these two conferences uh, in general. Now, this is, uh, the AAC will be the ninth league that North Texas has called home since it began sponsoring football in 1913. Wow. Talk about shuffling. Hashtag. Talk about shuffling. Stat that. Um, it's like a conference lot of, 12 years. Yeah, a lot of moves for them. Which Imagine is, having like nine different conference championships, yeah. but they're just bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that might actually be, that might be kind of the kind of the way for them. Now, Sam Houston, the Bearcats, with a K, by the way. Yeah. Didn't realize it was ever spelled like That's that. That's interesting. The Bearcats, wow. with a K. Uh, they're what? moving from the WAC, the WAC, to Conference USA. So... That's kind of a big move. I thought Sam Houston was an FCS school. They, they were. They they're, were. they're orange, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did they just move up? I believe so. It's interesting that like, I all think these, they were FCS because team like Sam Houston. We were, court, we were in the cap. What they are making? I just checked. They are making their FBS debut. I was gonna say we were in the cap watching yeah. their game. A couple years no, ago. Yeah. I remember their quarterbacks with like with like the little brother of a really big time quarterback, and on that one show, on um, it was like the quarterback QB one or something. What was the guy's name? That Georgia. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? White kid? Yeah. Oh. His little brother played at Sam Houston, I'm pretty sure. I think that's how I know them. Okay. Yeah, but they are. They were actually competed as a you Division II about? school until like the 80s. Oh, I didn't Made know. the jump to FCS and then now are making their FBS debut. So that's a pretty long, you know, duration of a, of a progression of a football program. And they've been a, a very good FCS program, too. It's not like it's just another... D1 football team like yeah, they make deep runs they were playing yeah. for a national championship I believe just recently if not just won it very recently yeah. I do believe I, mean, I, was, I know South Dakota State we'll won it last out. year shout out to Mark Gronowski yes uh, throw it deep <laughs> um, I was gonna I was gonna check here and see but I don't know off the top of my head now talking about some of the other teams here UAB the Blazers and their previous conference Conference USA making the move to the American they're just swapping teams mm. All over the place, yeah. which is very interesting. Um, UAB has only been to Conference Crump. USA since 1991, which is pretty crazy. Um, and then we talk about a big a big fish. That's UCF Knights from the American Conference to the Big 12. That we place just saw those bouncing. white uniforms. Yeah, that'll be the UCF. Oh, so tough. When you, when you got Oklahoma coming or Oklahoma State, like that place going to be sold sure. out. Imagine being in Orlando on a night game. And you're welcoming Oklahoma State. Like, that's sweet. Absolutely. Now, guys, if we want to, why don't we just go ahead and take a look at these bad boys because, oh, my goodness, hopefully this thing loads. Look at at the Big 12 logo. The Big 12 logo and the gold and the top shoulder there. Those things are beautiful. Imagine a game day drip. Dude. You can just do so much with it, you know? So it's easy. I mean, it's a white jersey. I mean, like, kind of a cheat code, right, because the color is gold. I mean, yes, he's got a little fruit in his cup in that stand. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm, you know what I'm thinking though? And we're canceled. <laughs> hey, they'd be, that'd be tough. That'd be like weird. They probably obviously wouldn't do this because of like the color combination. But that if they played against Texas, if Texas wore their whites. That would look like weird. Yeah. But, like it looks pretty similar to Texas. Yeah. but it'd be interesting to see when they wear them. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah. when you have an all gold uniform like this, kind of a like, sorry, all white uniform like this, and your color is gold, kind of a cheat code. Like that's yeah, so no, yeah. Sure, right? Sure, right? Yeah. But credit to them, they ain't messed it up. That's that's pretty like, good. Like oh, okay, sure. look at the bottom right. Those Notre Dame ones were cold. Yeah, those are pretty. And Notre sweet. Dame is because they have that like it's not the same gold as UCF, but they can rock with a lot of exactly, stuff too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say a lot of versatility. Like I will say UCF yeah. does come with a lot of like you know re- like drip and their space jerseys. The like they usually like switch them up one day. One year they were silver. One day they were black. And oh my gosh, like. Their black space jerseys were sweet. They just dropped some black. There's the helmets right there, boys. Take a look at those. The UCF, the gold UCF on the side. I want to see, like, the price for, like, all these. You know, it'd be cool. There's a a gold visor with that. That'd be sweet. Images, too, that will go with this if it loads. Look at the 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 backdrop there. Oh, and did you guys ever know this about UCF? You see on the top the numbers right there? That's your area code where you're from. Oh, that's hard. That's, oh, yeah. That's pretty original. So, 248, stand like, up. Like, if I was ever individual to the player. <laughs> yes, to individual the player. to the player. I did not know that. That's yes. pretty sick. Yeah, that's tough. That picture right there is sick. That stripe, well, it comes to a point at the tip of the helmet right there. Yeah. That's I, badass. I think it's like a, a really knight sick. sword or something. That'd be sweet. It actually might be a it sword. Li- like Loki looks like one. Yeah, John it might Snow. actually be. 
Um, but finally, as far as the conference realignment goes, we do have one more team that's at least worth mentioning. UTSA, the Roadrunners, going from conference, USA, to guess who? The American Conference. They were legit last oh, wow. year. They were. And it's – I just – Tariq Willen went there, right? Why? I think so. Uh, yeah. Corner. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many teams between these two that are just – what's the – like the grass is green on the other side? I no think the idea. American, you just have a – I mean, it's, there's more money, right? Like, look yep. at the teams in the American. There yep. are teams that, like – But how many that, teams from the American are moving to Conference USA, though? Yeah. No, nobody's moving teams, No, nobody's like, moving from Conference USA to the American. The people are leaving the yeah. American to go to the Big 12. Yeah. Okay. Conference so – that, That's that like, trickle-down effect we were kind of yeah, talking about earlier. I feel like the American is the – I thought there was at least one or two. No, the, no, the American is the perfect example of a B plus conference. No, you're right. Like, My bad. I got it. I got it mixed it's up. It's like so, yeah. all of those schools. You got like a Memphis. You got like uh, Navy. You got I think Temple's in there. Tulsa. You got Tulsa. There? You got uh, obviously U- UCF and USF is in there. Like it's teams where you're like, man, like this could be a year where they go ten and ten and th- yeah, and have a year, and have a little year. Yeah, but you're not like, whoa, you're not like they're gonna win a national championship. You know no, I, mean? I hear you. Like, Cincinnati was in there, but Cincinnati was kind of like a, oh, okay, like, yeah. if 126 in a row, you might as well get them in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. No, I'm excited to see these teams, uh, you know, go make a make a big splash, potentially, especially like a BYU joining the Big 12, and to kind of get that under your name, too, to play some of that better competition, um, especially this next yeah. year where you still have the Oklahoma and the Texas in the league, to have a couple of those games kind of put you on the map, because as an independent, it's hard to maintain that difficulty of schedule and to have that your resume builders so when you're in a conference like that where you're going to have a couple teams each and every year it'll be solid like that really good for your resume one now, last thing on byu go ahead. imagine if zach wilson played in byu or played At in the big, big 12. 12 guarantee he doesn't go two overall yep because he looked bad against coastal carolina you remember imagine watching him. that bowl game oh my god oh that was brutal i'm shocked you remember watching that game yeah <laughs> Out of control. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I absolutely do. Uh, but our kind of our last piece here. Talk about if I can get the yeah, just a little, just a little, little visual for so us. Friend JJ, JJ Watt joining CBS Sports and as an NFL analyst friend for this show. upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, on a multi-year deal, the numbers I don't believe have actually been speculated on as far as how much he is making. Now this comes in wake of all of the ESPN layoffs. Obviously separate company, institutions, whatever, but just an interesting time right now in this landscape. J.J. Watt, not a guy I ever thought I'd actually see in media, potentially, at least not in this capacity as, like, a. am assuming he'll be behind-the-desk suit-and-tie analyst. Yeah. I don't know how y'all feel about so that. So who do you think he'd be replacing? I mean, those guys, like the Boomer Esiasons and all them, they're very, like, they're older guys. Yep. So, like, obviously, like, you know, when Nate Burleson came in, like, he kind of came in and, like, you know, fit. Like, do you think he's, like, replacing somebody, or do you think he's, like, well, I wonder if he's going to be on, like, the pregame show or he's going to be announcing games. Because it just says NFL analyst there on that tweet. Yeah, not many so. details. And he didn't even say anything like in his yeah. video when he posted to Twitter. He didn't even really say much about his actual duties. It was just kind of like his announcement, like, hey, this is happening. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, it definitely is. It seems to be the new wave, like, all these big-time prolific image-type you know, retired athletes making the obvious move. I mean, like, they're just so knowledgeable about the game. You got to think they're going to yeah. be able to bring something. You know yeah. what I'm saying? How couldn't Add you Add some value and just learn over time. I mean, they became professional athletes. I mean, yeah, this dude is – I, accol- I don't have the accolades in front of me. Three-time defensive player of the year. You know? Right? Like, yep. Yeah. Speaks for itself. He caught, yeah. he, he caught a handful of touchdowns, too. He actually yeah. did. He would line up at, like, tight end. From Ryan Mallett, too, rest in peace. Yeah, that was his first peace. touchdown pass. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I didn't even realize right. that. I saw that. Insane. Yeah, that is. Um, but on the ESPN side of things, some of the larger layoffs from their company, and that's a dynamic that has been very interesting because, you know, their parent company in Disney is really what this boils down to. Disney not making money. And so then it, uh, we talk about the trickle-down effect. This is in the corporate world. We have the trickle-down effect. And they have to cut uh, They have to cut these talent. I and still can't believe they got rid of Susie Colbert. That was really That was probably the one I was like, yeah. Every Some of these Monday like, night yeah, football, it's not gonna be the same without Susie. Susie Colbert was fantastic at her yeah. job, and she's been there yeah. for like what twenty, almost thirty well, years, twenty seven. I think it was twenty seven years. Your girl is looking to replace her. That's the woman. <laughs> Who's that? Mina Kimes. Mina. Yeah, is the Monday Night Countdown girl. I think it should be Sam Ponder. Yeah, I, don't, oh, I, I, don't, I like oh, Mina. I don't Everyone love Mina Ponder. for that role. I um, like Mina. I don't love her for that. Well, role. I also think that part of this, like ESPN thing, they just got the biggest fish in the in the pond. And Pat McAfee did sign with ESPN. So that's what I really wanted to talk like, about. So at the end of the day, the dude just signed for a bag. Yep. 
And what was like, it? and people are really upset about it. I don't believe that actually the deal has been released money wise. Okay. I don't believe that, but we know it's going to be substantially large because he's actually leaving a deal with FanDuel that Which was is very large, tens of millions of dollars large. And, and, and the thing is, now this. you're going to be talking about a very large deal because his show will be simultaneously broadcasted on ESPN, ESPN Plus, the ESPN YouTube channel, on Pat McAfee's own YouTube channel. And you have this whole crew, and it's all about this new media. So all this hate and anger from all these people being laid off has kind of been directed at McAfee and his show. And you're like, how can you blame the guy not his fault. for signing an awesome deal with ESPN? Life-changing. Yeah. yeah. And we all know this. I mean, we all grew up with SportsCenter where it's like Scott Van Pelt, you know, like those OGs. You know, you had Neil Everett, Stan Verrett, right? Like, I remember waking yep. up in the morning, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, morning. watching those guys. It hasn't hit the same. No. No, you absolutely know, not. No, it's was, like yeah. some of the guys that got laid off. It's like you know you weren't really good at your job. Damn, like <laughs> no, it's just it's what it is. Like I was no, pretty surprised. Like Steve thing. Young, that was kind of one. And Todd McShay too. I was like yep. Todd McShay was the one that surprised that was like, me. I was like whoa. Yeah, a couple other names here before we keep going. Uh, Jalen Rose, out. Uh, yeah, he's an NBA. Max guy, Kellerman, yeah. Keyshawn Johnson, out. Jay Williams. Good. Couple of names I didn't there. Know that many people got laid off. I guess I was like, out the loop a little bro. bit. Like I've seen it on Twitter, but some key names. That oh, speaking of uh, guys getting fired, you guys remember um, like during the pandemic? Uh, How about Jeff Van Gundy too? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, that that was, was crazy. Jeff Van Gundy was, was pretty wild. Yeah, but uh, you remember during the pandemic, Big Cat from Barcelona would play like Dynasty mode on yeah. SCA fourteen. Yeah. And then like they Coach hired Doug. this guy, Coach Dougs, who looked just like Big Cat's character in the yeah. video game. They just let him go. What? Son of a bummer, yeah. <laughs> man, I got a Doug's National like Title Doug, T-shirt. Man, yeah, they, they, they cut two people. I don't know who the other guy was, but... Um, Interesting. Yeah, he had this like video on Twitter. Was, like, of course he did. Talking all about it, so... <laughs> of course think, he did, yeah. yeah. I think that um, the one that surprised me, you just brought it up, Jeff Van Gundy. Like, yeah, yeah, man, that was and something. I, I saw that who they're looking to replace him as Doc Rivers. Really? I thought Doc was yeah. going to start coaching again. Yeah, that's no, he didn't get an offer. Really? No, he didn't Damn. get an offer. I guess he was looking at, like, Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and then he was looking at Phoenix, but yeah. those obviously went in different directions. And obviously, you know, this is basketball and football show, whatever. But, like, yeah. just, I mean, we all watched the finals. Like, yeah, dude. Those three, like, kind of, like, they were a thing. That was the crew, man. Yeah. And then the other big name that I wanted to mention was David Pollock. Yeah, that one, too. That was, like, yeah. man, College I mean, he day. is a natural. He just, he just, you just uh, subtweeted him the other day, like, a quoted tweet about, like, because he was, like, what's the best like, yeah. thing? And, yeah, talking about game day, yeah, yep. because he was assuming that he would be back. Maybe, uh, you think maybe it's one of those, like, Chris Middleton just, you know, left the Bucks and then re-signed with the Bucks. You know what I mean? Maybe it's, like, he's leaving the like ESPN to re-sign. Maybe, yeah, like, renegotiate maybe. a deal. Yeah. I Potentially, but, like, would they he's been there for 12 years. Would they announce the firing, though? Would they, like... Yeah, yeah, he was, was on the, the list. If they mean, were just negotiating, the like no, they didn't and say negotiate. Okay, it said you gone. It said you go. And I also think that it's also like there's you say Steve Young, okay, Dan Orlovsky is kind of like yeah. a better analyst than Steve yes. Young now. Yep. Yeah. Eventually, yep. you're gonna get like Draymond is going to be an analyst. Mm-hmm. Jalen Rose so is out. Crazy, right? <laughs> like Which is so crazy. You know what I mean? And then like, so I think like you're looking at like guys like JJ Redick. He's now what Jay Williams ever wanted to be. You know what I mean? The next thing I think that they need to figure out, I mean, I think we all we all love that Skip and Shannon were like a thing, but now they're gone. And I saw a report that Lil Wayne might be the next I'm not gonna opposite. Lie, That's outrageous. Yeah, <laughs> Can we get somebody that. that, like, knows sports? Like, I'm sure yeah. you watch a sports Lil Wayne? Lil Wayne, but yeah, like, no. Lil Wayne is crazy. You know what I'm saying? They Come said on, until man. they find – I saw until they find somebody, Lil Wayne will be opposite. That can't be real, bro. You you, you trolling yeah. That's what we got. That's what I sent it to him. That's a lie. That's a lie. I don't know. What's the source on that? It was like – Trust me, bro. Yeah, bro. But, you know, it was like – You know how, like, on Twitter and stuff, it's like sometimes like, oh, okay, it's like NBA news or whatever. It's like yeah. they got the blue check mark. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Or spec- yeah, it's, I, don't know, I don't know how much account. I believe that. No, it's a respectful calculation. Yeah, Maybe he's that. like a guest star for like. Yeah, a yeah month. it might be a guest. That's what I'm saying. You know, definitely not. He's definitely not going to be like the. Not going to be the main show. guy. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw they were looking at like, yeah. they were looking at LaShawn McCoy. I feel like he'd be tough. Damn. I, mean, I listened to him. Nick on Wright. I saw, I saw that Fox Sports would have an absolute dumpster fire trying to get Nick Wright and Skip Bayless to agree on. One thing, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I, okay, bro, I would never no ever watch a show with no. Nick Wright and Skip because Bayless. thank you. Neither yeah, would I, I, I don't know how much you guys, uh, Bim yeah, and I, obviously, yeah. we'll, we'll mess around with like Skip and Shannon. But I mean, everyone thought Shannon was a guy for LeBron. Nick Wright is the biggest LeBron supporter. I was gonna say another word, bro. <laughs> 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 
And so it's like right behind me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> the hey LeBron's in the submarine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I feel like sports talk shows, you know, are kind of changing. Pat Mac Media has changed, game. right? And you talk about Sports Center and the OGs of Sports Center. Yeah. And remember, like when you had Sports Center on, you had it on because like that is where news broke. Like you had Sports Center on entertainment, yes, but out of necessity and almost. highlights and yeah. highlights too. Yeah. But also like. Now we're in a day and age where all of the curated content is available and you can go directly to exactly whatever content you want. You don't have to sit through ads. You don't have to sit through, you know, if I'm a soccer fan, I don't want to sit there and watch football and basketball highlights. You know what I mean? Or vice versa. You know what I mean? So when you take away the need for that, all of a sudden the eyes and the ears are in so many different places listening to podcasts, watching these other shows like Pat McAfee and these different new media shows like ours. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... Also, you have that, and then you have the attention span. That has just gone down yeah. so much. And everything is how quickly can you grab somebody's attention and keep it, and what can you do for them quickly. And everything has kind of culminated into this environment and atmosphere that SportsCenter is just no longer relevant. Would you and agree? Not SportsCenter, yeah. sorry, ESPN and their media. I shouldn't just say SportsCenter. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I don't know the last time I really watched ESPN. I think maybe, like, the NBA Finals, just for the NBA Finals. But as far really? as just, like, I used to watch ESPN, like, every day. Daily. Growing up, all day, just Even background noise. You know, just yeah. whatever. But, I mean, I guess now I watch YouTube clips and things like mm. that of that nature. But, like, as far as turning the TV on and just watching it. Yeah. Not but, happening too much. But you're watching YouTube clips too. Of like, you want to watch what they say about the Warriors. And you're not going to watch what they say about like the Thunder. Exactly. You know what I mean, like, you know, I'm you not. just want specifically what you want. So on you top to of all that, less people have cable. Yeah. People yeah, have yeah, streaming true, services, yeah. and that's one thing too. They don't. There's not that restrictive market on the cable anymore. So, like I said, everything's kind of just came to that culmination. I also think but. Pat McAfee succeeds really well because he's a former player, and he doesn't have to deal with like a corporate right. To where, yep. like, when it was like, hey, I'm reaching out to Rob Gronkowski. He's coming on my show today. Aaron Rodgers is a buddy of mine. He's coming on my show today. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to talk to Stephen A. Smith because they realize that, like, guys like those, like, sometimes the beat writers yep. are really just trying to get a story. Absolutely. And, like, these Absolutely. football guys, former athletes, are like, bro, we're just trying to talk. Yeah. At the end of the day, like. I know, you know a couple guys like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like when they had Rogers on, they were they were bullshitting for a while. And oh like, yeah. Then they're like, "Hey man, so what's going on with the Packers?" <laughs> like, oh, well, let me get into it. Meanwhile, yeah. there's a hundred thousand people watching That's the damn show. Yeah. Dude. Crazy. But right, you know what I was thinking about yeah. also. So you know how like obviously Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show and talked about DMT and all this stuff. Oh yeah. Do you think ESPN's no gonna? That's what I'm saying. Way. ESPN is gonna totally uh, limit what McAfee is able to do. I think there had to be a negotiation because McAfee. Yeah, I feel course. like he's he's keeping quote swears a little freedoms. bit too. He has to. Just cut down on the f bombs. Yeah, I was gonna deal. say, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, so will his show only be on ESPN? He no, won't be able to be I don't YouTube, believe so. I think, too. I'm, I'm it sure will still have, be on YouTube sure because that was YouTube one of his owned by Disney. I think too, that was right? one of his big negotiating points is that it still had to be free and it still had to be available on YouTube yeah, people okay. to watch. Hey, another part of the uh, how we, like less people are watching Sports Center, everything social media is a huge part of that. Like, exactly, everything's yeah. Twitter, Instagram. You know, you can find like a little clip of, and you just search it. Yeah. You literally just go out of your way, find Grab exactly what you want, yep. and nothing else. You dip out. Yep. At the end of the day, the OG is Colin Coward. Uh, that guy is still killing it. Right? He's on Fox Sports. That's with your, the, that's the your boy. Hurry, right? I'm saying not ESPN, but yeah, yeah, backwards hat kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then obviously, the, I mean, I think Colin Coward is great. And then. You know, nothing's going to happen to NBA TNT because those guys are the real oh, yeah. legends. Protect Johnson, them at all costs. Yeah. Protect oh, yeah. those four men. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> ah, that's all we've got for today. Oh, yeah. uh, thank you for joining us for the, the preseason rankings. Thank you to Michael Wilson for joining us and getting those out there. And uh, thank you for listening to, us to our, to listening to us ramble. Everyone have a great fourth. Have a safe fourth. Happy we'll birthday, Kobe. Happy birthday, Manzo. Manzo. Happy birthday, Kobe. Happy birthday, Kobe. The man Manzo. behind the desk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't Take get that. enough credit that Take he deserves. Uh, big 22. Guys, Kobe Swift and, here. Kobe and his friend Tequila are going to have a great time. All right, that's where we cut the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll be back later this week. All right. Peace out.